The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of Reality Realty are not necessarily the views or opinions of Northumberland 89.7 FM. The information given is designed to be informative and helpful. You should always consult a professional when buying or selling your home. This is Reality Realty. I'm Dale Bryant, and I'm a real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And at this time each week, we bring you Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty, your local real estate forum, where we take on, we talk about, and we interview guests on all things real estate with a direct focus on Northumberland County and the communities within it. When you hear the words conflict of interest, your ears may perk up, especially when it involves a real estate transaction. And even more so if it involves your real estate transaction. Today we'll be talking about multiple representation, also known as dual agency, and the potential for conflict. Well, it it is instantly conflict of interest and the potential for unethical conduct in a real estate transaction. Joining us today is Aaron Toms, and Aaron is a real estate sales representative with Remax Lakeshore Realty. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning, Dale. How are you this morning? I'm cold. Yeah, we had it so good in October. We really did. We really did. But apparently you still do, as you did not wear a coat today. I know. I know, and oddly enough, we talked about <laughs> before we came into the studio, I I went outside, I drove here, I went outside to get into the station, and I still didn't realize until I seen you come in with a coat and talk about being cold, and then I said, <laughs> oh, should have worn a jacket. Yes. But, uh, yeah, so the weather is turning into typical fall weather, and what would you say about the market, typical fall market? Um, no, I wouldn't really say it's very typical. Um, everybody's still really busy, and All right, you know, well. I guess it's typical in comparison to last year, because last year it was very busy as well. Yeah, so. it was very busy. Well, let's see if your perception of the market let's see. matches up to Snapshot, which is a look at today's residential real estate market right here in Northumberland County. And I broadcast these stats each week on the show, and I also publish them in an easy-to-read chart on my social media pages. So if you're ever interested in catching up on a month in in review, look me up, Dale Bryant, on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+, and you can see the month in review stats. There has been 123 single-family residential sales over the past month, and that is a two-week decreasing trend in sales. Ooh, I'm wrong. Well, you're two, <laughs> two weeks. I mean, they could pop right back up uh, next week. That leaves us with an inventory of 296 residential listings for sale. The average selling price of successful sales over the past year has increased once again to approximately... $340,000 for the average sale price. And that jumped up $3,000 over what we reported two weeks ago. Wow. 
Wow, is right because two weeks ago, Aaron, all we did is we, you know, between then and now is is we've lopped off the the furthest two weeks and we've added on the most recent two weeks, and the average sale price has changed by three thousand dollars. So now would be a great time to sell. It's always a great time to sell. <laughs> on average, people are receiving ninety eight percent of their asking price in. A market time of 50 days. We've never, this is the first time we've ever hit 50. Um, just waiting to see when we're going to actually break into the 40s. We're in a seller's market with an absorption rate remaining at 42%, and that's based on the past month's trend. So I research these uh, Northumberland County statistics and calculate the absorption rate using information from List Central. And List Central is the local realtor component of the MLS system. If you're thinking of buying or selling a home, you'll want this information to be area specific, specific to the property type you're dealing with and the price band it's in. So talk to your local realtor to understand the Northumberland market information that's most relevant to you. No one no one understands the Northumberland real estate market as well as a Northumberland realtor who's actually a member of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors. Today's mortgage rates, they remain stable again. You can get a five-year fixed for as low as 2.29% or a five-year variable as low as 2% even. And today's mortgage rates come to us from mortgage broker Carol Ann Bryant with the Broker Financial Group. And that is your current snapshot of the residential real estate market here in Northumberland County. So, Aaron, a little bit surprised that the... I've uh, learned a lot, Dale. Thanks for educating me. The decreasing <laughs> the decreasing uh, sales over the past two weeks. And I am a little shocked by that. Yeah, well, if I look back here, where were we? We were... We were one, two, three, four, five, six, or one, two, three, four, five weeks ago, we were at 151 sales over the past month, and now we're at down to 123. See, I took last a day off work last week. This is what happens. Miss a day, miss a lot. That's right. Yeah. So are you saying that... Uh, that uh, 26, 27 sales differences were you? No, no, <laughs> no, that I just didn't happen to notice those. All right, well, let's that get... That decrease kind of flew by. Yeah, let's get, let's get into today's topic. And before we do, I just want to say that the views and opinions expressed by me, co-hosts, guests of the show, or any of the articles presented do not represent the views and opinions of the station... They don't represent the views and opinions of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors, of any real estate brokerage, or any other realtor necessarily. They're simply our views and opinions at this time. So, Aaron, recently <clears throat> there was a uh, email we all received from um, the Real Estate Council of Ontario, RICO, and they notified us that... Uh, for a CBC program that's soon to be airing, a reporter recorded several hidden camera videos where, as part of a multiple representation arrangement, these licensed realtors representing sellers promised to either control the offer process or disclose value of other offers 
to their buyers. So apparently CBC has done an undercover sort of story trying to get to the bottom. A sting operation. A sting operation. (laughs) Yeah, trying to get to the bottom of what can go wrong with multiple representation. And there will be some realtors that will be exposed on this, apparently, according to this uh, bulletin we received, that were nefariously operating. Are you looking forward to watching that? Yeah. yeah. I I am too. I know it sounds kind of evil in a sense, but, you know, it's kind of intriguing and I can't wait to see it. (laughs) Oh, it it absolutely is. Uh, And, you know... It's very wrong. I I wouldn't want to be one of those realtors who are going to be uh, brought forward on this. But the the question the question is first of all, Aaron, what is what is multiple representation? What is? Oh, I'm being tested today. Yeah, oh, well, that's just well, great, you t- Aaron. You're on a talk show for crying oh, out loud. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. I got it. Um, multiple representation would be where one realtor is re- representing more than one client, right? Commonly, we see where, say, mm-hmm. you had a listing and then someone calls you wanting to see the listing and then they want to purchase that home and they choose to use you and they choose to have client service instead of customer service. So then you would be multiple representation. Absolutely. Ever. Also multiple buyers, right? So. Mm-hmm. You could have a listing and I could have a buyer or two or another realtor from my office could have a buyer. And that is still multiple representation because my brokerage would be representing more than one client in the same transaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's not something that necessarily happens often, is it? Um, not often, but I'm finding it's more frequent Lately, I think, because our inventory has been so low mm-hmm. that we're seeing a lot more competition in our offers. And Yeah, and absolutely the first time ever that I've had, I put in an offer on a place representing two buyers this year. Oh, tricky. Uh, yeah, I hadn't had that before where where I actually had two buyers going after the same property, which which was a little bit different because this particular property, those those two buyers weren't really looking for the same property. <laughs> so at first I'm dealing with them and and it I don't think there'll ever be a conflict of interest with these two buyers going after the same property, but you know the the what we're looking for is is not necessarily always super precise in a small target. It's it's a larger target and It just happened to be at the extreme end of one client and the extreme end of another client. uh, There was an overlap, and this house sort of fit in that overlap. And so, yeah, we we had to deal with the proper protocol for for multiple representation, dual agency. Now, how did your buyers feel about that when you explained that to them? Well, right away, I think they felt like any buyer would feel it's sort of like oh (laughs) oh what does this mean you know they they just wanted to know they they instantly when i said you know i'm also representing another party on on this home that they're showing interest they 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 wondered well what's the implications here and uh and we had to walk through it Uh, with these particular buyers once we had that talk and we'd we'd worked with each other 
both of these buyers for quite some time. So they got a, a chance to understand and, and get to know me as well, which I think helped yeah. uh, with the comfort levels. And we just walked through the whole process of what their options were. And they were both very comfortable with moving forward with that. But uh, you're absolutely right. You could be representing the seller of a home and a buyer. You could be representing two buyers, like I just mentioned. You could be representing the seller of a home and a couple buyers. Mm -hmm. And you're just getting deeper and deeper. Yeah, I think at that point, I'd probably want to refer them to someone else. I just think there's too much room for error. There's too much. Mm -hmm. It's just too tricky, I think. So, so there's another there's another way a realtor can approach it. I mean, especially if you have a listing and somebody isn't working with you directly as a buyer. They haven't signed a buyer representation agreement. There's no commitment to work with you as a realtor to find a place, but they just happen to phone you up for that one place you have listed, and and you've already mentioned that, Aaron, uh, that. You would treat, you can potentially treat that person as a customer. Customer, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the differences between treating someone as a client or treating someone as a customer? Well, as a <coughs> a customer, I mean, you're not necessarily having to look out for their best interests like you are a client. I mean, you still have to treat everybody fairly and honestly and with integrity, but mm-hmm. your duty is to your client, not your customer. So, Right. So so there's fiduciary mm-hmm. um, obligations, legal obligations that are extended to a client in an agency agreement that don't exist in that customer service agreement for sure. And so... Uh, the customer, who who would typically be a, a customer? Do you think? Like we, I just mentioned that one where somebody's just looking at a particular home. They happen to know your your name is on that sign, and they give you a call. I mean, it could it could also be someone who's an investor who's very savvy in the real estate industry, right? Yeah, Doesn't and, and people that, you know, say, like I had a couple a couple years ago that contacted me on a listing I had, and they didn't want to consent to um, multiple representation, and they decided they just wanted customer service because mm-hmm. they felt they were better off representing themselves. So, mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's, that's a great point there because multiple representation situations it demands that all the buyers and sellers – and realtors acknowledge and understand and consent to that multiple yes. representation in writing, not just a verbal, yeah, we're good. Uh, they have to consent in writing before the offer is made. I think actually the wording is something to the effect as soon as possible, at least before the offer is made. Yes. And and then, like, like you said, Aaron, those, those clients – at that point, they don't have to consent. And and then, you know, what are the options then? Well, okay, so even if you have somebody under um, buyer agency agreement and say they, you're, you've already been working with them, you could have been working with them for four or five months, it doesn't matter. 
um, if they don't consent to multiple representation, you have to release somebody, whether you release your seller or you release your buyer. But somebody needs to be released if all parties aren't um, consenting to the multiple representation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, which is which could create a very awkward. It, it may it might not be. It might be easy. Maybe maybe the that particular buyer would say, "Listen, I'd rather not be in this," and you could either recommend. Um, a realtor from not a different realtor from in, within your brokerage. No, it cannot be the same brokerage because all our clients are represented by that brokerage. So exactly, we we don't sign up. You, the consumer, you don't sign up with a realtor. You sign up with a brokerage, and maybe that person that you're working with is the face of that brokerage and, and, and likely to be the face of that brokerage for the entire transaction, but your deal is not with that particular realtor, is it? So so if if one realtor from a brokerage ABC uh, referred to another realtor in brokerage ABC, we're still deep in uh, multiple representation. Yes. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so you mentioned, Aaron, uh, Either say it's a buyer and a seller that we're having an issue with that the 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 brokerage either has to release the seller mm-hmm. and give up the listing or release the buyer mm-hmm. for this particular home anyways. It doesn't have to necessarily be for all future homes if this one doesn't right. go through. But the other thing is the buyer if they're uncomfortable with it and they really want that realtor and that brokerage, they can just move on to the next house. Mm-hmm. Because maybe, you know, quite often that house means so much, right? But sometimes it's just it's just one option. Yeah. So, I mean, how often do you get it where you, you shop with people and you see say a dozen homes and and they're ready to put in an offer and they're sort of there's two good options that they're discussing and and basically doing a pro and con sheet over do you run into that often um a fair amount yeah, yeah. not like nothing that's actually affected like i have been lucky i've never had to represent more than one buyer um, as for multiple representation as a listing side and a buyer side, I haven't had to do much of that. I mm-hmm. have done it, and I don't like doing it myself. Um, no. But, um, you know, it's just not uh, something you see too, too often, but it's something you do see from time to time. So, Yeah, for sure. Well, folks, we're already at our first break time. You've been listening to Reality Realty Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join Aaron and me after this break, and we'll continue to look at multiple representation in the real estate industry. Welcome back. This is Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. My co-host today is Aaron Toms, and Aaron is a sales representative with Remax Lakeshore Realty. Aaron, before the break, we just got into multiple representation a little bit and and the uh, conflict of interest that can 
can arise. Well, no, the conflict of interest that instantly exists and how that's handled and that can that can be handled well and there's potential for it to not be handled well but i'm thinking i'm thinking first what protects the consumer from misconduct in real estate uh, with this multiple representation uh, i guess that would be the real estate council of ontario you know they're kind of the police of realtors and mm-hmm. make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and yeah absolutely i mean there's there's in real estate we have um it's regulated by the the real estate and business brokers act 2002 and and the associated regulations that go with that uh act and uh, that's that is consumer protection regulations a legislation rather that regulates the conduct of uh, real estate brokerages, real estate salespersons, and real estate brokers. It regulates them, and all that legislation is there to protect the general public. And then, like you said, uh, RICO, we call it RICO in the real estate industry, but the Real Estate Council of Ontario, they're basically the policemen for, for that act. And that's interesting. So they're the policemen. You, as a consumer, think something's going, has gone wrong. What would what what would you advise people as their typical procedure for following up if if they chose to follow up on something that they think didn't quite go right? What would be the steps? Well, first, I would advise to contact the broker of record, um, see if there's something that can't be dealt with you know, Mm -hmm. in-house. But if you don't get anywhere with that, then, you know, there's a whole complaints um, portion of of the Real Estate Council of Ontario. So, yeah. And I mean, yeah, you you can. You can go straight to uh, the Real Estate Council of Ontario and and lodge your complaint. But absolutely right. Uh, it's, It's certainly worthwhile talking to the actual realtor. And if you get nowhere there, Go to the broker record who who manages their brokerage because, like Aaron said earlier, that's that's who your actual um, contract contract is with, be it a listing or a buyer representation agreement. So that that is where you need to go. As far as um, as far as this, we we also mentioned before the break, Aaron, we were talking about different scenarios of multiple representation, this conflict of interest, dual agency, being you could be representing a seller, a listing, and a buyer who's interested in that listing. You could be representing two buyers interested in the same listing. What what actually would be the the situation, though? If you had a a seller and you had... A buyer who's interested in your list, listing, what is what are we potentially concerned with? Where where can this go wrong? Um, I think the biggest concern would be with disclosure, mm-hmm. right? Disclosure uh, to either the buyer or the seller, but something that you know the opposite. 
the like the other one didn't really consent to being disclosed, you know. So So disclosure of what? So maybe purchase price, what somebody's willing to pay or what somebody's willing to accept, uh, motivation behind selling or purchasing, things like that. And and those are the things that a realtor needs to stay completely clear of totally. in this multiple um multiple representation situation right so i mean as a realtor sometimes we know bottom lines we we might list something at a certain price but we actually know they they would accept maybe i mean sometimes they'll accept the listing price and that's what you have to assume right right off the bat but maybe we know they they incorporate a little wiggle room and we know what it is our buyer we know how much they can afford and so the problem would be as a realtor if we were favoring one of those parties mm-hmm. and and acting in, in acting in such a way and and disclosing like you say disclosing the kind of information that we're legally uh supposed to not share at all yeah now you you mentioned motivation though now, motivation isn't always to the buyer or seller's detriment, is it? Not always, no. But some people, I mean, especially with divorcing and things like that, people, you know, may try lowballing or something like that to get it less and hoping, hoping, hoping. that they they just want to close that chapter. Yeah. And What's your experience with that, though? Does uh, that usually, always work? No, usually it's the opposite. Um, there's usually somebody that wants to let go and somebody that wants to stay. And that person mm-hmm. that wants to stay can really do a lot to hold up a sale. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. And, and also sometimes it's just, you know, pe- people always... People seem to always want to know, well, why are they selling? Yeah, because they want to move. <laughs> yeah, they want to move, exactly. But I think the deeper question is, what's, are they running away from a problem? I think that's deeper. Yeah, it could, it, yeah. Yeah, at which point, if somebody's running away from a home, they may not even have told the realtor. That's very true. Most people don't, right? Because mm-hmm. they... Most sellers want us to give them the best price possible, so they don't mm-hmm. necessarily tell us everything we should be knowing. No. And and now, what about you have two buyers, like I had, like I had this summer, two buyers after the same property. What's the, what's the, what's the issue there? Where, where can this um, conflict of interest, uh, you know, this dual agency go wrong there? Well, definitely with the details of the offer, either purchase price or certain conditions or, you know, things like that. I mean, if you disclose that to another buyer, then the other buyer is going to say, okay, change my offer. I want it to be this and, Mm -hmm. you know, try and beat out. So, yeah. So it's, once again, it's, uh, I think it boils down to, are you favoring? Mm -hmm. Are you favoring one buyer over the other buyer? So are you... Are you tempted to give the information from offer A to the people writing up offer B in order to help offer B do better than that? Yeah. And, you know, and and that should never go on. And I'm sure I'm sure it doesn't go on often. No, we'll find out when we watch the sting when we operation. Watch the sting <laughs> operation. Yeah, so we we know it goes on <clears throat> enough 
Because if, if nothing like this ever went on, we wouldn't even have rules and regulations, would we? No. No, and we do. And we've had them for a long a, a time. A very long time. And it's something that, you know, I'm actually quite shocked that people are still, you know, trading in an unethical manner around this because this is not new, right? This is something that, you know, we learn about in our courses before we are even licensed. So, mm-hmm. so I mean... There's no excuse for the confusion around it. I mean, this is what you're allowed to do. This is what you're not allowed to do. Yeah, you want to keep your license, do this. And we're, <laughs> and we're warned over and over again, uh, right from the, like you say, the first courses we ever take in, in uh, real estate school and our constant uh, upgrading we do every two years, we're expected to do a certain amount of uh, education credits and, and that stuff comes up all the time. All the time. So there's really no <clears throat> excuse for not knowing. So, so if, if a realtor is crossing lines, um, depending on the circumstances, a realtor engaging in unethical behavior could receive fines for up to $25,000. Yes. And for particular um, uh, severe cases, RICO could revoke their license as well. Mm-hmm. So the, the price to pay is high. Yes, and but keep in mind too, not only with the fine, you're usually required to do certain courses. So pay a fine and then pay for some courses. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, here's an interesting thing, Aaron. <clears throat> and it's about the multiple offer scenario. And I know you know about this because we, we talked about this earlier. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's realtors in every board that don't actually know about this. Um, So, uh, and basically what I'm talking about is a a realtor representing a buyer typically won't know that they're in multiple representation with another realtor within the same brokerage. So two realtors within the same brokerage, they're doing their own thing. They're working with their own buyers. They don't necessarily know that this person over here is working with a client that's interested in the same property as that other realtor over there within the same brokerage. And and ultimately, they're both going to submit offers on the same property and and they don't realize it. So the paperwork isn't being submitted because... Once again, it's the brokerage that represents them, not those two individual realtors. So there is multiple representation going. And, you know, a, a recent bulletin that just came out uh, says, says it like this. The Real Estate Council, so this is the Real Estate Council of Ontario's bulletin number 2016-2, and it reads, In the case of multiple buyers, it may not be clear to the buyer's brokerage that a single brokerage is representing multiple buyers until one or more buyers have expressed interest in the same property. This knowledge may come through the listing brokerage or its representatives. So the knowledge of this, the listing broker, the one not in multiple representation, 
is is the source that's going to know that this is happening. Yeah, it's their responsibility to let other parties know that someone else from your brokerage is also putting in an offer. So then when you're you know preparing the offer and the confirmation of co-op, you can have everybody's consent to multiple representation. Exactly. And that's the part I think not not all realtors understand um, because it, it, it goes on to saying uh, the list. Yeah, exactly what you said. The listing brokerage is then is then expected to pass on this information to the buyer's brokerage. In such situations, consent to the multiple representation would be required as soon as the brokerage becomes aware that it's operating in a multiple representation situation. So you or I, we have a listing. We're fortunate enough for our our seller's sake that there's multiple offers coming in, which has been happening a lot this year, hasn't it? It has, yes. Yeah, and and you know what? I, I, yeah, forget it. No sense speculating. But, (laughs) but. So we have a listing, multiple offers, and all of a sudden we see an offer come in from uh, one realtor at ABC Realty and another offer from ABC Realty. We need to tell ABC Realty right away yeah. they're, they're in a multiple offer scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, then, they, and then, and then, and then, that's up to, once again, that's up to those buyers to decide if they want to move forward like that. Right. And and if so, they need to a- agree in writing. Well, and I have had situations in the past where, you know, I've had an offering on a property and then I get served or called with notice that, you know, there's other offers or another offer coming in on that property. Um, at that point, when I know I'm in competition, I always ask, who are we competing with? Mm-hmm. So usually the realtor will say, oh, so-and-so from this place or, you know, myself or what have you. But I actually had one realtor ask me why it mattered. So, And that's my point. <laughs> so. And that's my point. Why Why does it matter? So <coughs> as a realtor, with say, say you're the listing realtor, what are you obligated to tell other realtors bringing in offers that they're in competition if they're in if they're going to be in multiple representation with someone from their other brokerage if i have my own offer on the property mm-hmm. so. yeah so so the amount of offers and if it's if it's uh, their own offer mm-hmm. as well and now some of the things we can do to uh i'm thinking about that scenario where where the the listing realtor also has a buyer interested so there's another scenario there if it's a listing realtor and they have a buyer interested in that property so now we're in multiple representation but now another realtor from another brokerage comes in with another buyer so now we got multiple um, a multiple representation and a multiple offer scenario. So now the now the thing I'm thinking about here, Aaron, is not only do you have that conflict of interest uh, representing buyer and seller, but I'm thinking about the way offers are being presented mm. more and more, and 
and it's it's sort of that Toronto Durham thing coming in where they're just being emailed to us. Yes, it's just being emailed to the listing realtor, and that's how they're being registered and emailed. They're not being presented in person. So in this scenario, I mean, now all of a sudden you're going to have the listing realtor who knows the price of yeah. their buyer, and they also know the price of the competition. The competition offer. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about a situation that could be tempting for that oh, realtor. A- absolutely, but I mean that's one why it's really good practice to present your own offers. Um, then that listing realtor isn't seeing, especially in multiple offers, right? Then that listing realtor isn't seeing what your clients are are putting on the table, you mm-hmm. know, before they can have any chance to change anything on their own, right? So, but there's, you know, there's circumstances and situations where that's, it's just not possible. Either it's somebody out of town or they live out of province or it's a divorce and people can't be in the same room, so, mm-hmm. you know, there's situations where you can't present your own offers, but it is be- it's better practice, I think, to present your own offers whenever possible. Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially, especially in a multiple offer scenario. Now, one of the things I do notice that people will do, <coughs> pardon me, in that, si- in that situation where the realtor is emailing in the offer is they wait, they wait for as long as possible. Yeah to to put in that offer which can like i understand why they're doing that but it can also be a pain so if you have to drive you know somewhat of a distance i mean we have a lot of rural areas around here and somebody's not offer presentation time says at two o'clock and you still don't have their offer until 155 you know it can put anybody that is there presenting you know kind of in an annoying spot because they're sitting in the driveway waiting to go present their offers so that happens more often than it doesn't happen doesn't it yes where where you're waiting for that offer that should have been in yeah 20 minutes ago at least and it's not coming in it's not coming in i mean we have to draw the line at some point and say listen the bus leaves at this time yeah and yeah. and the offers there or not now what I've had happen too is I get to my seller's place and, you know, maybe I have one or two realtors who are in person. Then I have another copy or two of other realtors who have just emailed the offer in. So I've been able to print it out and put it together and, and it's ready to sign. So maybe you have two realtors that came in. You have two more offers that got emailed to you. And you've printed those off. So four offers there are are ready to sign. And then a fifth one comes in because they're late, late, late. And and so all you have is maybe you call up your computer or your phone and you review it mm-hmm. on the phone. But there's a there's a chance now because maybe that's the best offer, but it's not on paper. I mean, you can't you can't actually sign it unless... Unless DocuSign? Well, if they send it via electronic signature software, then you could. But I'm just thinking if it's just plain emailed, yeah. unless you have time with your vocables to run back to a printer yeah, and get it printed off and then sign it. So, yeah, definitely, definitely a situation that occurs in, in these multiple offer uh, situations. Aaron, we're already at our our third break time. 
Uh, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join us after this break, and we'll continue to talk real estate and multiple representation. Welcome back. This is your Real Estate Forum, Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And my co-host today is Aaron Toms. And Aaron is a real estate sales representative with REMAX Lakeshore Realty. Aaron. Dale. We've talked a lot about multiple representation. And we talked a little bit about the different scenarios and, and what can go wrong. We talked about the fines uh, that a realtor could receive if somebody reported this to RICO. Uh, RICO could uh, fine a realtor up to $25,000 for engaging in unethical uh, practices and potentially take away their license so they're living. That's a biggie. That, that's, a, that's a huge one. Yeah, yeah. That, that's really big. And Unless, of course, you're a realtor doing one or two deals a year, and maybe you'd say thank you. <laughs> yes. Maybe that would be your way out of paying all those uh, um, error and mission insurance and uh, all the fees to belong to real estate. But, uh, yeah, there's some big things on the line, and, and not to mention what's on the line for the consumer, the seller and the buyer. I mean, they have so much more at stake than just that. Yeah, they, they could they could be missing out on on tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, here's here's another scenario, and we didn't talk about this scenario, but <laughs> I, I just another one came to my mind, right? And so you're a realtor, you have a listing, and you also have a buyer. Okay, and you have. So you, you're, you're multiple representation. Now, there's another realtor from another brokerage coming in, and they've just, they've just uh, emailed you their, their offer. So they're not presenting it. They're I just, think we just talked about this. Yeah, but, but here's another twist. Okay, here's another twist. Give me the twist. <clears throat> so you might say, okay, if that realtor was shady, they could tell their buyer what the other amount is, uh, coming in f- with so that their buyer, so that the the realtor and multiple representation can uh, give information to their buyer to get just enough over. Now, now we were talking from the aspect of that Benefiting is the seller. Yeah, that, I see what you're yeah, saying. that's unfair to the other buyer because that that should never have been shared. But the, it's also unfair to your seller. Because when you told your buyer you're in multiple representation, they may have bidded much higher. Yeah. And so they may have bidded they may have bidded ten, twenty thousand dollars higher without knowing that information. So it's these situations are so complex. Yeah, nobody really wins really, no. except maybe the realtor. At that point, you know, um, they get the deal done, and well, they might have got it. They would have got it done at twenty thousand dollars higher if that's where they're. I, I just don't understand yeah. how you can uh, go down that road. I, I guess if if your buyer in that case, if your buyer in that case was family, what if it was family? Then now the temptation maybe is even more to say, "Hey, uh, sister, brother, mom, dad, uh, all you have to bid is this." 
yeah, that that would be a very challenging. You well, you you you, you stick so. to your you stick to your guns as as a realtor with your own ethics and morals, or or you just say I don't even want somebody to think this happens, and and like you say, you you sign off of them. See now, have you ever worked with your own family? Yes. Oh, you have. I have worked with family to buy and sell real estate. Okay, I have too. I hate it. You're going to say that on the air. I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will happily refer anybody in my family to you because I don't want to deal with them. <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you, I have heard that from multiple realtors that the family can be the most difficult people to work with. Yes, they have your home number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they know where you are. They see you at every special occasion. Yeah, and and uh, they always want you to throw in your commission and work for free. Yeah, well, there there's a whole another show. <laughs> um, so the 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 part of it we talked about you you're you're told you as a consumer you're told you're about to be in multiple representation. A situation and and you have you have the option uh, at that point to agree to it or not mm-hmm. and maybe you really want that house so you you don't want to back away from the transaction but you're being given uh, a choice to either uh, not be involved or be involved with another realtor that's pretty last minute or choose a different level of service. I mean, that's or, an option as well. Or choose yeah. to be a customer, yeah, mm-hmm. customer service. But but if you decided to look for another realtor, that's a that's a lot to do in a short period of time because you already got a transaction on the go here. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, do you do you trust this stranger that you've never get, got a chance to really? get to know and understand or do you trust more uh, going customer service with the person that you do know and do trust yeah that's that's a tough call at at that stage of the game though you pretty well know exactly what it is that you want um, what conditions you want in because you've already discussed all that likely um, Mm -hmm. with your yeah while you're walking through the house yeah so I mean to go, I think, to switch realtors, like to be released from one to the other to protect yourself um, in a transaction, I think you kind of already know what you're doing. So, you know, I wouldn't be leery of using customer service and I wouldn't be leery of finding a new strange realtor I've never met um, to represent yeah. my interests. It wouldn't wouldn't bother me. And maybe, maybe the realtor you're working with can refer you to someone in another brokerage uh, because they know they know what you're like. They know your personality. They yeah. know your needs. And we all know each other. And so we have a good idea of what realtor might be a good fit for them yeah. for this particular transaction. Yeah. Okay, here's an interesting question, Aaron. <clears throat> okay, yeah. And this is friends and family <laughs> again, okay? The friends and family question. So you have friends or family, and let's let's just say they're in a, another town they're far away so it's not even practical for you to represent them them. and you get a call you get a text and somebody says Aaron we're about to uh, get involved in this transaction we want to buy this home or we're a seller and you know the the realtor is bringing us 
this offer, but it's going to be multiple representation. What should we do, Erin? Well, what would you say? One, nothing, because they're under contract with somebody and I wouldn't be allowed to discuss real estate with them. <laughs> so, okay, there's my answer. <laughs> <coughs> nice one. And that's good. And that, and that brings a really good point. Now I'm going to change it. So my question works. <laughs> you retire. Oh, <laughs> you okay. retire. And these people, uh, friends or family are asking you, you see, I get to ask the same question, don't I? Yes. What's your What's your advice, Aaron? Should I uh, Should I run away from this uh, multiple representation I or wouldn't. not? If, if they trust that their realtor is going to act ethically and follow the rules, why bother? I mean, you might like why turn something away that's going to be there if. I mean, if they had concerns that, you know, they weren't going to be treated properly, then yes, run. But if you don't have any concerns and you're very comfortable and, you know, have a good fit with your realtor and trust them, then why bother moving? And really and truly, if you had those feelings towards your realtor, those uncertainty feelings, yeah, why would you even be working with them in a non-multiple representation that's right. arrangement? That's, that's what I would be thinking. Well, Aaron, we've yeah. is there anything else you can think of you want to talk about on multiple representation or we pretty much covered it? I, I think we've covered it. I think we've gotten to the bottom of it. We've gotten to the bottom of it. And Aaron, if somebody has questions about multiple representation, about real estate in any way, how can they best get a hold of you? I say they give me a shout or a text on my cell phone at 905-376-0246. And Aaron, you are with what brokerage? Remax Lakeshore Realty. All right. Here in Coburg, and right across the street. Right across the street from the station. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining joining me again. Uh, we had a hot topic. Controversial. On a cold day. A hot topic on a cold day, and I really appreciate uh I appreciate your insight to this. And, and I like your last answer to the question because it brought another rule that we <laughs> that realtors can't talk to uh, another realtor's client without written permission from that brokerage. So, excellent. Folks, if you have any questions or comments about today's show or for any real estate questions, feel free to contact me by emailing dale at dalebryant.ca or call into the radio station at 905-372-2391 and leave me a message. And don't forget to join me, Dale Bryant. I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. Join me next Thursday from 11 a.m. until 12 noon for Reality Realty on Northumberland, 89.7 FM, truly local radio. Until next week, folks.